0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of my podcast, The Global Agora. My name is Andrei Matysak, and I work as the deputy head of foreign desk in Slovak Davy Pravda, which, by the way, means truth, and it is not Russian Pravda. Wagner Group founder Yevgeny Prigozhin is naming and shaming everybody. Chechen leader Ramzan Kadyrov is offering his services, but it's not clear if he really has something to offer. And the Russian president Vladimir Putin is, is doing exactly what. About Prigozhin, Kadyrov, and Putin, I talked to political analyst Anton Barbashin, who is an editorial director of Riddle, which is a website about Russia I can only recommend. So is Putin in control? What may happen to Prigozhin and Kadyrov if the Russian president falls? And how much are people of Putin's regime nervous about the impending Ukraine offensive? Listen to our conversation. <laughs> If you enjoy what I do, please support me on coffee. For the link, see also a description of this episode. And now, up to the new debate. Anton, primarily, I would like to talk about three men in our conversation Evgeny Prigozhin, Ramzan Kadirov, and Vladimir Putin, and their relations. So I will probably ask you to do during the God War they go with the Kremlinology. So maybe we can try. Let's start with Prigozhin, if I may. What do you make? Out of his recent statements, he was criticizing the leadership of the Russian armed forces, not for the first time, it must be said. And he also said that he might withdraw Wagner mercenaries from Bakhmut. So how to read this? First, and by most, we don't know for a fact, because none of us have
1: access to Prigozhin's mind or to his personal relations with Putin in particular. But there is a suspicion, which I think might be quite plausible at certain agreements or promises made to Vladimir Putin, and namely, some sources indicate that he would take Bakhmut by 9th of May. Not being able to do that for obvious reasons, he began this sort of campaign of shifting blame to the ministry, it's essentially saying, look, it's not for me, here are my guys laid down, be killed, I'm fighting here with all I have, but the ministry does not provide enough ammo, which is true is true in the sense that he's not receiving as much as he wants to whether this is part of ministry's specific policy towards Wagner it's an open question I don't know could be but the way he kind of went on the ramp in the area is quite significant it's quite new I mean he did before criticize the ministry but not in such terms not such kind of colorful language that he used and uh, we don't actually know whether this has worked fully There are kind of the reports are contradictory, plus, you know, it's fog of war and everything. But I would say that this has to do with some some of his personal promises to, to Vladimir Putin. I mean, contrary to what some making out of it, I don't think he attacked Putin necessarily in person. I mean, he does attack him because, you know, this is, ministry and that uh, Putin is the kind of commander in chief of Russian army but not that I think that his remarks about the old grandpa were related to him I would if I was a betting man bet, I would say that he was he's not talking about the president because he's so far the only one who is kind of guaranteeing his status whatsoever so I would say he has to do with plane shifting and trying to get himself a better position plus it doesn't hurt in the sense that he's kind of getting a public support, at least from the part of the public, that is kind of a, a radically pro-war, and are now considering proportion to be like one of the elements that is actually working with the rest of the army not delivery, So he's kind of walking on the very thin ice here, I'd say that heard many times that, and, you know, so, some of the reporting you can check out, those are the recent reporting there, indicating that this, this sort of language, this sort of... Uh, communication strategy is making a lot of people nervous because it makes everyone looks bad from the outside it looks like it is you know a certain power shift from the inside it looks as if head of the euro illegal entity is challenging the ministry and the ministry is not being able to respond any proper way except for kind of agree to ease the mat. So it doesn't look good from any point, but I, I would say that it is too soon to tell actually whether it worked and what would be the end of it. Uh, but again, I would say that, uh, he has disappointed with his, um, sort of rhetoric and general stand more people that he got happy because clearly this type of communication is something that Russia is not known for. Uh, all the conflicts previously, if it's say, like internal parties. Figuring out stuff with each other, it had to be quiet. It was always quiet. It was all under the rugs. So this is kind of... This flashing out of stuff is not...
0: Is not a good symptom for the entire system. Is Prigozhin at least partly an independent player? Or is he 100% reliant or Putin? He cannot be an independent player. I mean, he, he has certain independence in the way
1: that he does his stuff. But after all, I mean... His people, the Wagnerites, are being trained on the Ministry facilities. He doesn't have his own factories to produce ammo or hardware or tanks, so he's part of the game. But because of the way that he is sort of ahead of this semi-private company, uh, the the way that he's been used uh, in the war, he has this capacity of going public. This is the strategy he has chosen, and this is war, and he's a. He thinks that he can win and he's going all out i mean there's no there are no bridges left to burn so either he's gonna be a part of the well let's say uh, the winning company or he's gonna be among the losers the one who that claimed that i was fighting the most fearsome and i didn't win because you guys didn't provide me with enough ammo and everything so he's going public precisely i think to get himself what he's things to be a good kind of protection for, for the future. And this all is based upon one condition, that Putin remains in power. If Putin is out, Prigozhin's future is very uncertain. So he is very dependent on Putin personally and him staying in power.
0: Can Prigozhin become, perhaps unintentionally, a leader of this radical pro-war camp?
1: We're talking about very grey areas. So hypothetically, if something, everything goes haywire. No, well, I mean, there's no more chain of command. there's no Putin and he has to fight for his survival then yes he will have to fight for his physical survival and probably try to rally some people behind him though I don't know what exactly his support would be in those circumstances so that clear there are no groups that we know of like oligarchs or some you know we don't have any any money or power other than what he has already backing him up whether he would be able to find someone be willing to support or funding, him I, I don't know if something happens so radical that everything goes awry. but again so far he has only the support of putin personally and that's what guarantees him personal survival there was an instance when he sort of publicly stated that he wants to join the political game he was offered to join as, far as we know, by the presidential administration he was offered to join the liberal democratic party he basically said f off i don't want to be with them I mean I want my own thing and he was rejected, as far as we know, kind of a green light to establish his own political party kind of based on Wagnerizer sort of structure. Whether that would be emerging at some point, I don't know, but again, if I was a betting man I would say he'd be killed off before that because simply as if, you know, and when the war ends and if some some things would need to be done, some some people would need to be given up. He would be the prime suspect because of what Wagner did not many instances he has obviously a lot of information and I think taking him alive would be too much of a risk for people that would be still remaining in Russia so I I don't know I mean I, I would not be surprised that he has a heart
0: attack at some point yeah or falling from the window or whatever whatever yeah <laughs> Anton maybe just is it possible to say how important are Wagner's mercenaries for the Russian efforts to occupy Bakhmut, and in the framework of the whole invasion.
1: Well, again, this is just one instance that we are all talking about Bakhmut because it's been going on forever. It's a mid grinder in the worst sense of the word. There's a lot of people dying. There, Russian convicts are being used. So There's a lot of media hype around the air. I'm not a military strategist or military expert whatsoever, but as far as I understand, it's not a crucially important strategic military. Town, especially now being fully destroyed, is more of a kind of a symbolic thing. Wagner were definitely instrumental in what they call liberation of LNR at some point, but basically occupation of France, of Ukraine. As for now, sure, they are fighting there, but what we're seeing now, this is just something we're talking about. But the bigger picture is the entire front line and Russia's preparation for the Ukrainian offensive. Wagner is only a, a one segment of that. I mean, even if they have 20,000, 30,000 fighters there, the entire military force Russia has is, you know, three, four 400,000. So it is but a fragment of the whole story, but they are obviously the loudest. Plus, because of its nature, because it's a private military company, because of how it was used before, because Wagner, as uh, Gregorzhan constantly does those kind of public hello, hello blogging, essentially. Uh, we know so much of it. But in the great kind of scope of things, is but a part of the war effort. I'm not qualified to say whether his forces are better equipped or better trained than other units of the Russian military. None of them are making significant progress anywhere, so it's hard to say, but he is just the one that is the most, the
0: loudest. Let's now look at the Chechen leader, Ramzan Karyo. And I'm asking about him also due to the fact that there was a suggestion that man can replace Wagner Heights. What is Kadegoff's role here? How would you describe his relations with Pregozhin, if there are any?
1: I don't know, but it, 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 it looks again like a PR thing by Kadira. So that's the problem. Here he is trying to present himself as a dispensable force. Like, you know, I'm here to save the day. Whether there's actually happening anything with regards to Pregozhin's men coming out, Kadira's men going in, I don't know. I mean, Kadyrov doesn't have a private army. He's commanding forces of, you know, regional forces, but they're still part of the Russian either military or Russian National Guard. It always seems more like a kind of his his role there is pure PR element. From what I've read, from what I've seen with regards to Kadyrov, Kadyrov's men, they are no different than other uh, segments of Russian military. Again, they're just the ones making the most out of the videos they record. He doesn't have any specific kind of super trained or, you know, ready-to-die soldiers. From what I know, actually, he's actually quite skilled in trying to save his men. Because for him, it does make sense to retain as much of a firepower as he can to then in the event something goes wrong with regards to, to the war and to Putin to just physically hold out to his power in the Republic of Chechnya. So he's the least one interested in... the. Getting them all killed in Bakhmut
0: area or anywhere in Ukraine. You said that Kadyrov doesn't have a real army. Those guys are part of the armed forces on the National Guard. But you also mentioned his behavior. So do you think that if something goes south in Russia, he might have enough men who are really loyal to him? Well,
1: and that that is an open question. But yes, we could suppose that there are a certain percentage of those forces who would feel themselves loyal to their personally, albeit being part of the Russian kind of uh, greater Russian military structures. Yeah, I mean they they are composed of the national elements, so they're composed of the people in the republic. They are certainly getting a proper indoctrination there. And if some does happen, and there's the question again about protecting the motherland, their motherland interested by most would be Chechnya, not the entire of the country, but this is, this is our suspicion. We don't know exactly. I mean, he's bragging about the numbers, but they are always different than we do not know for sure how many of the people he has strictly loyal to him and whether all the people that are currently in the armed forces of Chechnya would be ready to fight for
0: Katerov if there's some local countries hypothetically emerging out of the situation. And on the same question related to Kadyrov I asked you about Prykoshin. How much is Kadyrov reliant on Putin and how much is he an independent player? He is a governor of one of Russia's regions, but he has a very specific,
1: very unique relationship with the center, with Moscow, that is based on his personal relationship with Vladimir Putin. We don't know how he would behave in case of a change of leadership in the country. Generally speaking, I don't see any major incentives for him to try to create the independent Chechnya because the framework of Russia-Chechnya relationship today is that they are receiving a lot of subsidies. They have a lot of power. I mean, Kadyrovites specifically, he's clearly his political clan, that is holding power. But again, he has the sort of the personal agreement. Putin and whoever is the next guy, whatever is the next situation with the... But then within Russia, those relationships will have to be redetermined. But again, he is benefiting from the way those relationships are built today. And I again don't quite see major reason for those relationships to be considered. But is he the most kind of lovable among the Russian elites, special security elites? No, for sure, no. Are all the people in Chechnya satisfied with his rule? Absolutely not. And there are plenty of Chechens outside of Chechnya who are not satisfied with these rules. So, as with Rogozhin, his political life and probably physical life is very much linked to the fate of Vladimir Putin. And when he dies or departs in some other uh, mysterious ways, they will be reconsidered. They will be redefined somehow.
0: So let's talk about the Russian president. Putin probably has a hard time these days. Somebody attacked the Kremlin with drones, if it was a false flag operation, I would argue that this is not the evidence of the strength of the regime. The victory they prepared was a muted affair with only a few post-Soviet leaders attending, and I think many of them were there out of pragmatism, not out of love for Putin. Is the Russian president in control?
1: I mean, he is in, in control as much as he could be in control in a country that is in, in war and is not winning. With regards to the attack or Kremlin, I do not think it was a false light operation. I do generally think that Ukrainians were able to fly this drone to the center of Moscow. It would not be the first time, actually, we've seen their drones many times in suburbs of Moscow flying in the around. So technically, it's not like a revolutional sensation. It was a, a big symbolic story, same as with the 9th of May parade being kind of very small and just with only a few leaders present. So he doesn't have much to show for, obviously, so I could not imagine him being, you know, happy about it. His speech was quite usual, nothing new is said, the same old, same old, you know, the crusade against us from the rest of the world. But I do not know what else he could be saying or doing, given the situation where there's no progress on any sort of front. Economically, if you look the news indicating that Russia is spending way too fast then we're looking at a much higher deficit than before it might not be that critical but generally just another indicator of how things are going and the cost of war is constantly increasing so how do you define him being in power i mean well people still believe he's a president and act accordingly so he's in power but he doesn't look like a successful leader that he once looked like to the rest of the world and to most russians Polling is very complicated now, but from bits and bits of information that we see, uh, the, the anxiety is, is definitely growing. And, uh, the, the information that we read from journalists who talk to people within the elites is suggesting that people are not very excited and you know, starting thinking about defeats and what defeat would look like. So the trajectory is unflattering to President Putin, so that's very
0: much explains why he is not really in the, in the highest of moods. Talking about this anxiety, according to, and this will be my last thing, according to recent media reports, the Kremlin has issued a list of guidelines for Russia's state media outlets on how to cover Ukraine's impending counteroffensive. What does it tell us about how the regime assesses the situation? The media,
1: the regime, the crucial figure is they recognize that there's a counteroffensive coming, and uh, clearly again i'm not a military specialist but what i've been seeing is suggest that russia is preparing to defend the territories that it currently occupies so it is preparing and given that before we had instances where russian troops would just run away and what the Ukrainians come in i give offensive in some other instances they have to kind of prepare the expectations it's not all rosy and wonderful anymore. wasn't just they gave an interview saying that they we desperately need a second wave of mobilization because people are here and they need new supplies of men. Yeah, he has to balance the expectations, given that also Ukraine now be operating their much larger quantities of Western hardware, that they don't know what the situation will be. And the more kind of Z channels you read from more telegram accounts they suggest that the morale is quite low. Which is again fully understandable, as we still have people uh, asking questions daily. What the hell we're doing there? then uh, you know, if you see that among the families of those who fight, I presume that this is a sentiment shared by some. Some of the mobilized people were sitting in the trenches. Still, there's no quite quite clear understanding of what is happening. Peskov just gave an interview where he said that some objectives of the operation were achieved without naming those objectives but we need to do more and again this has been going on for a year and a half now and those objectives and names and the definitions we receive are as big as they were in the very beginning so it's very clear why ukrainians fight it's very not clear for those in russia that fight so everybody is sort of preparing their angle for whatever comes next but uh clearly we understand now that there is no feeling of uh, kind of assurance that the Russia would be able to hold on during the counteroffensive and they have to prepare the, the public for various scenarios. But again, depending on what day and what channel you look, you'll see a lot of conf- conflicting messages. In one instance they hear anchor is kind of talking about, you know, we should not underestimate Ukrainian army. And in another instance, you would here claiming that nuclear war is about to happen right away because we're not going to stand on that. So it is just a moment of anxiety, I think, that is shared from the very top of Russian political leadership to the bottom, to the people who
0: are just watching TV and not knowing what to expect. This was another episode of my podcast, The Global Agora. Subscribe, listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, and on the other platforms. If you enjoy what I do, please support me on Coffee. For the link, see also a description of this episode. Thank you for listening and stay tuned. <music>